Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Great things and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben Reichley is directly across from me. We're going to enjoy an open phone stay. There you go. How you holding up, buddy? We're four and a half feet apart here. Uh, Yeah, four. Closer to three. Yeah, we. uh, Our opinions are more than six feet apart. (laughs) (laughs) Or as I listen to this week, I thought you and Joe were sometimes nine, ten. 12 feet apart. But I put him okay. down at the end of the table this week, so, uh, he, was, so he wouldn't be so close to me. Uh, how you been? All right. We're just busy up here. We don't we'd really do too many other stories. More that, you know, everything relates to the COVID, as we say. Oh, it's, so. it's, it's Bob Dylan. Right. Times are changing. Hour right. to hour, afternoon to evening, evening to morning, next day. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's unprecedented. And, and what, what would... Going back in history, 102 years ago to the Spanish flu, Okay, that wasn't really the Spanish flu, but the Spaniards reported on it first, and then they got the name. So, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> you, know, you look at some parts of history. Uh, you know how 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 would it be covered back then compared to now now compared to then but uh it's unprecedented times all right well we see yeah we see uh, times square is silent with the very little pedestrian traffic there's not much going the lights on lights are still on oh good okay well that's a good sign i don't know who's <laughs> well, seeing well, it. yeah why don't they why don't they turn the lights off save some electricity if if a light's on and no one sees it <laughs> how do you know <laughs> well, let's go let's go ask a bear well and i notice reporters travel indiscriminately all mm. over the place they're in Hospitals and birthing rooms, and well, they're not by themselves either. Screening tents. There's a camera or a crew with them. Right. At least one camera. Mm-hmm. So, and if they're on the hospital campuses, usually they have an escort. So, uh, yeah, it's a funny world we're in. Well, we are going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to start out with open phones for the first half hour of sh- the show, and we do have uh, some uh, emails that we can sift through during that time. But we would love your call. And then during the nine a.m. hour, Dr. Stanley Martin, a Geisinger director of infectious diseases is going to call in so uh, we're going to ask him about keeping patients safe when the wave of this uh, pandemic is going to get to our area when are we going to get hit with all the cases that we will get hit with but fortunately that number will be smaller because of our uh, partial shutdown that we happen to not being enjoying right now partial well, you and I are here. Essential services continue. Broadcast media is considered essential. Uh, so I'm going to say it seems like about 60, 75 percent. I mean, it's it, oh, looks, it looks like a Sunday morning uh, when yep. I drove up here. Well, and there's no the only place we have a traffic jam. You know, there's little traffic at the only Danville? place. Danville. Yep, <laughs> but, between the lights. Yes. Between Mill Street and Continental. Oh, no, not Continental. Uh, Mill Street and up to the. Uh, uh, Ferry Street Light. There's a traffic jam between uh, there. Every that morning. might be a problem that might not be able to be solved unless they just blow it up and rebuild it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how. if you if you're having traffic in today's world, 
like today, mm-hmm. you have a traffic yeah. situation <laughs> that's probably, probably going to not be able to be solved. Well, the trouble is you got a lot of uh, northbounders, and they got to get across that lane to get to the Geisinger, and uh, so that uh, stacks up people. That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. the northbound lanes. No, I, and, and again, it's it's nobody's fault. It's just what it is. It's the growth that happened up there. It's the the highways or byways they had, and now uh, you put volume on that, and it doesn't work. But if it's not working now, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, the, I've suggested a long time ago they put a roundabout in Danville at mm. that location, so maybe they'll take my advice someday. Who knows? All right. I have lots of worthless advice, which we'll be dispensing through the show. Nine ten a.m., we hear from Dr. Stanley Martin at Geisinger, direct, Director of Infectious Diseases. And at 9.30 this morning, I'm glad to say damn users checking back in, the U.S. Mm. congressman. Of course, we've been talking about the uh, pandemic. Uh, he plans to vote for that $2 trillion uh, debt-busting budget bill that's going through. Uh, He's also sort of in the know on when businesses and schools might be able to reopen. So uh, we'll talk to Congressman Mm. User. But we have open phones right now. You got anything on your mind? You want to give us a compliment? uh, Or not us, but uh, say that somebody's out there doing a good job. Well, I guess if you want to compliment us, you could. I'm not fishing for that. There's a lot of folks doing a good job. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, the the essential workers are out there. You mentioned 70%. That seems about realistic. Well, I, I look at this way. Uh, yesterday, uh, Seals Grove, I think some other school districts did it. They did their drive-by. Uh, the teachers mm-hmm. uh, and I think administrators folks got in the school and they drove around the neighborhoods. And I happen to live near the school, so I heard it and saw the fire truck going along oh, with okay. it. So uh, hopefully uh, students got a little bit of understanding that people are still thinking of them. See a number of folks, uh, n- not a large number, but I'm talking about two or three, you know, families out walking the dogs, uh, kids riding their bikes. Uh, you know, people are, I mean, cabin fever. And, and, you know, thank goodness the weather has been tolerable, at least temperature-wise. Now, I know we're going to get some rain. Uh, you know, at some point, uh, you know, people have to get into some form of whatever term you want to use. But but you got to live a little bit. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the, uh, the warmer weather coming up uh, shortly uh, will help. Uh, you know, l- look at the uh, decent winter we had, unless you were in a winter type of business. Temperature-wise, people who had to work outside could could work outside. And then all of a sudden, if you're in the roofing business or construction business of some sort, you got hit hard, and uh, as as others did too. But uh, as far as the schools, Mark, I mean, it is is tough. I I, I can't imagine uh, children trying to learn online, especially at certain ages. I mean, I know you can, but the interaction... Is, uh, is what you sort of hope to see in a school. You learn from each other, the teacher. You have recess. Uh, you have lunch. You're with your friends. You're, you're growing socially, especially uh, in the younger grades. And uh, th- this has to be a, a real hurdle. But one, uh, you and I won't be around, but 60 years from now, somebody's going to be talking about 19, or, uh, 2020. Yep, corona, the age of corona. Good morning, Al. Thank you for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Do you happen to be an essential worker? Stir crazy. Are we stir crazy? Well, you you know, you heard of stir crazy, right? Sure, yep, Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably applies to you. Are you working? Uh, Yeah, I have one that I'm all by myself on, so it's an empty house and so forth, so. You're okay. There's nobody there to contaminate. Okay, and you can go get more supplies if necessary. 
Well, that, that's a good uh, They uh, Sherm Williams, all she do is call, and then they bring it out to a table out front, and you come by and pick it up. Oh, good mm. for you. Okay, you got an account, and that's the way to be. You know what, Al? Yeah. Will you think uh, in the future when, when things do get back to uh, some sort of uh, normalcy, if that's a term again, what is normal, do you, do you think businesses are going to be able to change the way uh, they've done business? Do you, do you think they'll yeah, be? Yeah, I uh, think it's more convenient uh, okay. in some manners this way. Uh, because it does prompt you to go ahead and use your uh, devices to go ahead and put your order in, and then mm-hmm. it can be ready for you and uh, minimizes contact and saves time. Well, well, look at if you're a drive-through or as you're in the construction industry, I believe, uh, if if you can pull up to uh, your supplier and you've already put that order, and, and I know this happens in other industries, you know, and it does, you know, your orders in. But if let, let, let's say you're a drive-through restaurant, well, if you could start getting the orders eleven, eleven fifteen, eleven thirty, and I I know some of this did happen before for some of the larger orders, but imagine the efficiencies that could happen on both ends. You go through the drive-through, you're there for a minute instead of five minutes, you know, where you order and wait and go through. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens and how many people will be able to work from home and well, do yeah, a good I, job. I no sooner pulled into Sherman Williams the other day and my back door of my van was opening up and the paint was getting put in for me. Well, uh, they, they might they, they might have wanted you on and off premises as quick as, as you can. As soon as possible, yeah. I'll, I'll, as, I'll as, soon as, as soon as the credit card yeah, cleared. Well, you know, I cause problems just about everywhere. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to call about, and I asked stir-crazy, was uh, the herd mentality as, uh, you know, going stir-crazy. And did you ever hear of herd immunity? I have yeah. heard the phrase. I forget the precise definition, but I know you know what the it is. Immunity, the herd immunity is uh, we're exposed to a virus. That virus wants to live. It doesn't want to kill us right away. So it mutates. And as it's mutating, our antibodies are building up. So we develop a natural mm-hmm. immunity to this uh, any new virus that comes along. Do you remember the movie uh, from Orson Welles, War of the Worlds? Sure. Well, scientific, uh, science fiction movies a lot use science and try and, you know, correlate it with it as much as they can or extremely it. But uh, what happened to those uh, guys that were, you know, invading Earth? Well, I think they were exposed to a bacteria or something in the U.S. Yeah, in the, on they the were exposed to our viruses that we spent thousands of years building immunities to, and they all died off. So it's going to come back. It's going to come back for the next three years, they say. And uh, I, I think we're kind of doing it backwards. Where I would want to protect ladies like my mother and people that have uh, immune deficiencies, and 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 just be extra careful with our vulnerable bunch. And then go ahead and practice the social uh, distancing and good hygiene and go on out and uh, keep the rest of the world running so we don't lose what we have. I mean, we have the best country in the world, and we don't want to lose it. And we're also learning a good lesson on uh, when you send all your manufacturing across the seas, then you got to depend on somebody else, and I like being independent. Right. Well, and that's been talked about for decades by folks and uh we've had uh, democrats and republicans in the white house uh, different administrations yeah well and, and that's rich. the problem Mitch mcconnell's wife is a chinese woman that her family belongs to uh one of the largest shipping 
shipping companies with China. Yeah, and look at uh, look at Diane Feinstein's family, and look at Pelosi's family, and, and it's Republicans too. And, and, oh yeah, and, that's what I said. Mitch McConnell, what he? Yeah, He's the leader of the house. Well, and, and, Chinese woman, and that you know, in the in the real news, uh, they're actually running parts for. The Chinese Navy. Five minutes. Well, that's the money no, supply in the Chinese Navy. No, and, thank and, you so much, Al. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, well, well yeah. known throughout D.C. the uh, under underworld of politics and the money that the families make. Got two callers waiting and one coming in. Mike, you're on the mark. Yeah, hey, that was uh, nice to hear from Al. There, I agree quite a bit with him. Uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to mention a couple observations that I had by watching the news here the last couple of days. For I, I just about two days. The mainstream media was saying, you know, we need to, we don't think we're going to carry Trump's speeches. He's using them as a publicity thing, and we just want to hear from the experts. Well, then yesterday, the president came on, he spoke, and when he was done, MSNBC and CNN immediately cut out their coverage, so we didn't hear, you know, on those networks, you didn't hear from Dr. Burr and uh, Dr. Pachi, and uh, they just went back to the normal kind of scheme where they would... Uh, uh, get a bunch of people in there to just say everything that was wrong with Trump and all the lies he told, blah, blah, blah. So uh, for for organizations that said they wanted facts and science, it seemed like they turned their backs on facts and science yesterday. So I wanted to put my criticism in of CNN and MSNBC. But the most important thing, we, we, were, we were told we needed to flatten the curve, okay? And the goal of flattening the curve was so that we did not overrun our hospitals and our medical system with patients. Well, that said, I'm, I'm like an, I, I believe I'm kind of a normal person. I respond to incentives. I try to reach goals. I've always uh, worked in organizations where there were performance indicators that I had to, to achieve to get my pay raise and all that stuff. And I think most people uh, are, are kind of wired like that in the United States. We want to do good. We want to uh, do what we're supposed to and, and, and be successful. Well, if the goal is not to overrun our hospitals, don't you think that we should be getting some feedback instead of seeing all the cases, all the deaths constantly posted on every media site and every TV station? Shouldn't we know how we're doing in keeping down the uh, overrunning of the hospitals? We should know how many open beds there are, how good we're doing by stopping the spread of this virus. But instead, all we're getting is bad news. I want to hear how good we're doing. Burks talked about that, and then there's also the numbers. You know, they show the numbers of how many cases there are, and how worldwide United States, and how many people have passed away. They seem to miss the number of how many people have gotten over this. I know of at least two: uh, Tom Hanks and his wife. Uh, you know, again, people have survived this. Now, people are dying from it, but people have also survived this. So, uh, again, there, there's some numbers, and again, the the media is going to be the media. I mean, there, there's. I watched uh, the nightly news, uh, NBC nightly news, and I was I was looking for Huntley and Brinkley, people who give the news. You interpret it. It was ninety eight percent negative, and the last two minutes is a quasi positive story, a uh, great story about a young lady coming back from her last fifteen uh, year old coming back from her last uh, cancer treatment into her neighborhood, and the people made a, a gauntlet along the road for her and were waving to her, but. I mean, NBC, you know, I don't know if they should change their name to NBNC because it's the National Bad News Corporation because that is what they seem to want, and MSNBC is is right in their pocket. So you're you're not going to hear from the media. 
I mean, it's it's going to be what we've seen in the past. It's uh, the percentages seem to be the same. But you know, every day there's a conference, and if you want the facts from the experts, the president comes out and, and moderates it, and you know, people put their questions in, and and what more can they ask for? Now, if they don't get the answers they want, then you see what they write. So we'll we'll see what happens today and and uh, throughout this pandemic. And I just want to also mention. There was a lot made up of uh, the spring breakers down there, you know, the college kids running wild like they normally do on their spring break. Well, I just posted on the WKOK website in reference to one of the uh, stories you had up. There's actually some stunning videos where these companies monitor where you are every second with your phone. So they zeroed in on the beach at, at Miami Beach, and then they watch these kids travel you know, to all places in the world, but, you know, primarily to the Northeast, the rest of the Southeast, and up into the Midwest. And then the same thing was done with the exodus from New York City, as well as just the normal traffic that goes in and out of there. And you can see that just in a matter of days, both of those locations just basically covered the whole United States. So we have a, a real battle on our hands, but I really think we need the feedback to, to us, the citizens, of how well we're doing. And I know you're having a guest coming in from uh, Geisinger here later in, in the show, and I'd really like to hear from Geisinger how many beds we have open down there and how many have filled up. All right, we'll find out. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate the you're call. Welcome. Thanks Thanks for checking well, in. Forget about spring break. Mardi Gras. <laughs> What's happening Back down in there? the day. Well, and it's not just there. The people who were there and then left. Right, they dispersed it everywhere. If you've been to Mardi Gras, there is no social distancing. <laughs> We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KFK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We've got a couple of callers standing by. Uh, thank you for waiting. Uh, we have one listener who says, Ben, I couldn't agree more about NBC. When they edited the George Zimmerman audio, they lost all credibility. Yeah, same story with Fox News. They've doctored some pictures and juxtaposed things to make it things Fox look... Fox News has? Yeah, to make it look oh, better. NBC or hasn't? Oh, no. I, yeah, I think they're all guilty. I think well, it's, NBC's it's, running this video uh, about Trump, and they're taking uh, the wrong people... People are talking about a different person, and they're running it. So uh, if Fox has done it, I'd like to see that one. 1-800-795-9565. Bobby, thanks for standing by. You're on the mark. Uh, yes, good morning, Mark, and uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, one suggestion that I have, and I called in, of course, at the end of the program yesterday, was protect. I mean, if, if, uh, if a company or if a place is going to open up or have uh, people around, to have like protective clothing type thing. I mean, those those who work. Of course, I worked in the uh, 
Uh, of course, I've fixed, you know, radio and TV transmitters as far as the chemicals that were used to, uh, uh, I'm going to say, cool the uh, the transmitters. I mean, glycol and that. So there were certain, you know, things that, you know, that I had to wear for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, you know, any job that you have in food service or anything else, you have to be careful. And, you know, it's just, I think more of it uh, of common sense and common sense practices uh, not to spread not only, you know, not only the uh, coronavirus, but anything else. Well, Bob, one of the things that uh, you got to remember is uh, we've become a uh, me society in a lot of ways and not a we society, and hopefully we can get back to the we. I mean, I, I say that not 100%, but uh, you look back 40, 50 years ago, uh, you know, we seem to be at times more of a we uh, now have we gotten to a me society and somebody doesn't want to be held up in the drive through line more than 10 minutes thinking, you know, because it's all about them. So oh, I, I would I would hope people would consider their actions because for their actions, there's reactions. And you would want those to be positive in self-quarantining or staying away from people, not what we saw at spring break or Mardi Gras or at the Chinese New Year celebration in Yuan. That, that's probably really what uh, what spiked this off was that uh, that uh, social gathering in China. Right. But, I mean, you know, more of a comment, I mean, you know, to, you know, to keep anything from spreading. I mean, it's not only the coronavirus, but AIDS, uh, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, to, I mean, and anything throughout history and that there's been, you know, other, other than that, but there's always been uh, measures uh, to, I'm going to say, prevent further spread. All right, we got you. Yeah, all sound advice. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks thanks Thank for you. checking in today. Always glad to hear from you. Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yeah, I just want to say what's happening right now, the economy, it had to happen. It had to happen because I just want to say, you know, the IMF, which are basically the stewards of our organic fish tank, was looking at another 10 years, and we were 10 years away from eating each other. Okay, that's basically what I got to say. Everything works off checks, balances, sustainability. In order to sustain evolution, you know, the fish tank, we have, this had to happen. I mean, I just want to say, you know, the census and all like that, when you have too many people in the fish tank, which is an organic fish tank, and they start eating up all the, the things that we're given. You know, it, it's just history repeats itself, and we're not an intelligent species yet. I just want to say, you know, the IMF who prints money out of thin air is basically the stewards of this planet. And I just want to say, you know, we have nobody but to blame ourselves. I mean, China was on the right course there for a while, saying that, you know, one one kid per, per family. I mean, they, they were pretty... They were pretty smart, but then they gave those laws up. I mean, I think uh, the IMF are not all about money. I think it's more about it's about sustainability and evolution. We're in a fish tank, believe it or not. I mean, it's an organic fish tank. And if we're going to get start eating each other and destroying the fish tank, someone has to put a stop. 
Well, Dale, isn't isn't this the uh, course that uh, some of the progressives and globalists want to take? I mean, if if we don't uh, slow down, supposedly, uh, what's going on in the environmental side, it's going to be ten to twelve years that there won't be an Earth. If we overpopulate, it's going to be ten or twelve years, and economically. Can we feed the world with those numbers? So, uh, I, I, you know, your, your your point is right out of a Hitchcock or Twilight Zone or, or some sort of I, I, things. But this has been talked about in the past. So, you know, I, we we've we've been put on notice that this stuff could happen. So, your point your point's well taken. Well, literature literature is educational. Talking is just clouded. I mean, when you talk, you just cloud it. So I, I think people need to go back and read some literature. Literature is where it's at. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember literature. There was Mein Kampf, and there was the little red book in China. I, I don't know how that literature has, has helped the world, but, uh, you know, we, we do see uh, where uh, the, the scales do tip. Yeah, so I think people need to get back to literature and, and stop talking, but our leaders... You know, they're not on course with the IMF. I mean, they're not. They're, they are, that's why I said we, we are not an evolved species because we have leaders that are money hungry. Well, Dale, Dale, would you consider the Bible <coughs> being literature? Bible? Yes. I mean, that's, you interpret what you want. Speak you up. Hey, uh, Dale, speak up. We can just barely hear you. I say... What you read is what you want to interpret. You, you take it for what you want to read it for. But, you know, I just I just look at checks, balance, sustainability. And I think that someone has to be a steward of this organic fish tank, and I think it's the IMF. I think there's a bigger power in the world than the IMF. <laughs> I hope there is. Okay. Nice conversation, you two. Thank you for including us. You're listening to News Radio 1070. WKOK, we're going to have news headlines, and then we will have uh, Dr. Stanley Martin on the line, and we're going to hear from U.S. Congressman Dan User. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings and welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben Reichley is here. Rob Santos, is our fabulous producer. We don't want to forget about that. Mm. We're going to have some callers uh, checking in shortly. Dr. Stanley Martin, infectious disease specialist from Geisinger, are going to call in. Dan Muser, the U.S. Congressman in the 9th District, going to check in as we approach the bottom of the hour. We're stacked up with emails and texts, so we'll read as many of those as uh, time permits as well. On the Mark is Sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. In the news, tough news for Catholics who are already missing their opportunity for Sunday Mass. There's word from the Harrisburg Diocese of the Church that Holy Week activities and Easter Masses are canceled. Spread of coronavirus, of course. The reason the Bishop of the Diocese 
Pelosi's Ronald Gaynor said it was a very difficult decision. We have his full statement posted at WKOK.com. Well, Ben heard it yesterday in Sealands Grove. More than 50 cars full of Sealands Grove area school district teachers paraded through Sealands Grove Thursday. Their goal was to get a glimpse of uh, some students. They say they're missing very much. Uh, Sealands Grove police officer Mark Wolberg, Wolfberg led the parade with his uh, police uh, cruiser. Uh, I think didn't Schick and Milton and some other school districts do didn't it Didn't hear also? about Milton. Schick and me did. Did yes. Schick do it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, but, good. Uh, hey, yeah, I'm sure the teachers are going stir-crazy. <laughs> I call it a vacation, but whatever. Hey, you know what? The, the teachers... Teachers who complain about their students when they get back to school are going to be welcoming them with open arms. All right, they're so, happy to you see know, what them. goes around comes around. The Pennsylvania Department of Health Thursday confirmed 560 additional cases of COVID-19 in Pennsylvania. Total number in Pennsylvania, six, uh, 1,687 in 48 counties. The department also reported five new deaths, bringing the statewide death toll to 16 in cases related to the valley and surrounding area. There are four cases in Montour County, three in Columbia County, one each in Lycoming and Junietta County, nine in Schuylkill County, and 13 in Dauphin County. Mm. One of the Valley's U.S. Republican state senators has said he was not satisfied with how the governor started the corona virus pandemic partial shutdown, but says uh, that he's glad that the governor pulled it together. They indicated they would, in fact, have a waiver program, which was up and running on Friday. Since then, uh, the governor again heard what our complaints were. He's been doing a lot of press conferences from his home, but still taking media questions in order to be transparent. Uh, the uh, state senator, John Gordner, there saying he took part in his first ever remote votes uh, from mm. uh, the state legislature yesterday. More to and, come on that. Yep, those are the news headlines. So we have uh, lots of information posted at WDKOK.com. And don't forget our outbreak coronavirus page, which is posted at WDKOK.com. Uh, on the news line with us now, Dr. Stanley Martin, Geisinger, Director of Infectious Diseases. Thank you so much for calling in for an update, sir. We appreciate you calling in today. Oh, happy to do it. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you. Good to see you again, or good to uh, talk to you again. Uh, <laughs> one of our good listeners asked, how is Geisinger faring? How many hospital beds are taken up by this? How many positive cases have come through the hospital? Where are we in relation to this uh, curve that we always talk about? Well, I would say we're on the upswing, uh, as everybody, I think, is recognizing across the country, right? Uh, we certainly have not uh, hit the capacity surge by any means, but I think we are seeing on a daily basis more and more cases, both in and outside of the hospital. And actually, of course, most patients with the disease we are seeing outside the hospital. All right, and uh, do you have a shortage of anything in terms of hospital beds, or what percentage of beds are taken up by? No, no, we don't. We don't have a shortage of beds uh, by any means right now. Uh, we certainly feel like we have the capacity to continue uh, seeing patients and taking care of them, getting them the care they need. Um, as this continues to grow. What's going to happen as this uh, virus spreads across our part of the state? What will happen at Geisinger? What's going to happen to us as people? Explain uh, what we should uh, brace, <laughs> brace ourselves for. 
Well, you know, I, I did leave my crystal ball at home, uh, unfortunately, this morning. Uh, so I, you know, seeing the future is, is anybody's guess. Uh, but I think we can make some safe predictions, right? Uh, I think we can anticipate uh, that we are going to continue to see more and more of this virus. Um, we would hope uh, that with some of the efforts that, being, that are being done statewide uh, and locally to try to prevent the spread uh, in our communities will help slow that slope down a little bit, uh, help prevent an enormous surge of patients like they've, of course, experienced at New York City and some other parts of the country. Um, as to when we're going to peak with the number of cases, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure anybody knows, of course, but I would guess it is uh, weeks to possibly even months away. We still have folks calling in saying, well, it's really just a, a flu or a bad cold. Uh, they probably picked that up from the president and others. Uh, explain what coronavirus is, what it really is. Sure. So there's lots of different coronaviruses, of course, and most of them do just cause uh, essentially a common cold. But there are some coronaviruses which are a little bit more virulent, as the doctors like to say, right? They're a little meaner than others, uh, and obviously some of the famous ones like SARS back in 2003 and MERS, which was introduced in 2012. This virus, which we call SARS-CoV-2, right, uh, it's essentially very similar to SARS, uh, can have a propensity to cause disease in the lower respiratory tract, right? And so instead of just the upper respiratory tract, like the nose, throat, causing the common cold, it can cause a pneumonia down in the lungs in some people. And when that happens, it can be deadly. Uh, and uh, although there are some similarities to influenza, uh, this does seem to be deadlier than the flu uh, across the board. And of course, of course, unfortunately, we don't have um, the vaccines to prevent this disease like we do with flu. We don't have some of the medications that we can treat flu with uh, for this particular virus either. Doctor, this is Ben Reichley. A quick two questions. Uh, on the COVID-19 or, or whichever the scientific or medical name for this actually is, uh, I understand there's two strains. There's an L and an S strain. Uh and it seems like that gets lost in the translation we're talking about people getting this and the recovery time. Have you gotten any information on those two types? Sure. So let's let's talk first about uh, uh, your your question about the some of the terminology because I think it is confusing, unfortunately, for a lot of people. Uh, the name of this virus is. SARS-CoV-2, our SARS coronavirus 2, the SARS stands for severe uh, acute respiratory syndrome. Um, the disease that's caused by the virus is oftentimes referred to as COVID-19, right? Coronavirus disease 19. That's where those two terms have come from. To be honest, we use them interchangeably uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, to get to your other question, are there different strains of this virus and there may be. Uh, this is a little bit debatable uh, right now, but there does seem to be some 
small genetic differences in some of the circulating virus out there. That's maybe not a big surprise. What that means for people is unclear. It's not clear whether or not that results in different types of disease, whether that results in different recoveries, whether that results in a different uh, immune response later on down the line. Those are things which bear further study. And, and Doctor, have you seen the press conferences the president and the, the administration's doing? Do, do you get to see some of that information? I don't, I'm not saying live, but I'm talking particularly about Ambassador Burks and Dr. Fucci when they when they discuss the, the medical side of this. Sure, I always listen to Dr. Fauci. <laughs> well, and and uh, as far as the information giving, he he seems to be guarded as he 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 says he goes. I you know I'm a I'm a scientist from the standpoint that I need to see it before I can believe it. Is that a f- sort of fair analogy? <laughs> well, I think if we're going to deal with any challenge, if we're going to conquer any problem, we're going to do it the way we've always done it, and that is with science and with facts. Explain why we are in a partial shutdown, this idea of flattening the curve. Uh, uh, assume for just a split second that our audience might not know why we're doing this. Explain to them that we're trying to prevent hospitals from being overwhelmed. Right. So this is, uh, you know, I think a picture tells uh, uh, a better story than, than words when it comes to using phrases like flattening the curve, Uh, but the idea is that uh, as we get an increasing number of cases, uh, the curve kind of goes up, right, and then hopefully with time, as the disease uh, runs its course, the number of people with the infection comes back down, and so you get this nice little curve over time. Um, If everybody is spreading this virus uh, very quickly, um, and any and without interruption, you get a very high peak very early on, uh, as opposed to slowing that process down where you get a much lower number of total cases but spread out over a longer period of time. The problem with the very high peak over a very short period of time is the healthcare systems can quickly become overwhelmed. And we've seen that in certain parts of the world including in some parts of New York City right now, where the healthcare system may be unable to take care of the really sick patients. They may not be able to have the beds, the ventilators, the equipment, the medications, the uh, necessary protective equipment for doctors, nurses, other healthcare staff, uh, and people, people at the end of the day can suffer as a consequence of something like this. Why so that is why we talk about flattening the curve. I'm sorry. Why can't we just transfer the sickest of the sick for whom we don't have room in our local hospitals to hospitals where there is room? Well, we can do that to a certain degree, um, although there's uh, some challenges logistically that can go into transferring some very sick patients, and you have to be thoughtful about that uh, as to what's safe. Uh, to do, right? Uh, but we certainly can do that and often do at Geisinger uh, to try to make sure the patients who really need certain types of care are transferred to facility that uh, can can do that care. 
Doc, I uh, very close to my grandparents growing up, and I do vaguely remember my grandmother. Uh, besides, you washed your hands no matter what you did before you came to the table, uh, and hygiene was different. But I, I just barely remember her talking about the flu, and she was quite young at that time, but the Spanish flu, and I find it very interesting that they talk about the Spanish flu in 1918, and then they talk about the Philadelphia syndrome, I guess if that's the right term, compared to the St. Louis syndrome, or the the lack of action in Philadelphia compared to the action of St. Louis, and I guess time has passed, you know, 100 years has passed that we must have forgot about that as a society. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, we have not really invested uh, a lot into our public health care system over the uh, last half century uh, to the degree that we can, uh, as a whole in this country, uh, really uh, deal with uh, pandemic-level uh, threat. Uh, in some ways, we're lucky this isn't worse than it could be, right? There are certain scenarios with certain types of influenza uh, that could result in even much higher mortality rates than what we're seeing with uh, this virus. Where, where do you see the, the part, and I say this in respect, but it seems like you know, the United Nations had so much potential to do so good and has somewhat tripped, stumbled, and fallen in a lot of ways. But the World Health Organization, um, you know, I, I, I see that. I know it's the WHO, but I, I just go back to the band, the WHO, saying we don't get fooled again. And it seems like with the World Health Organization, we have gotten fooled again to a degree. But but where does where does China play a role in this? Uh, from from another country saying, hey, when this stuff happens, you know, you drop your guard and you become a a citizen of the world and, and you help because, again, we look at the numbers and it just seemed like, unfortunately, uh, China stirred this on and we got on it late and other countries made decisions as well as the U.S., maybe a little later than they should in some ways, and here we are. Yeah, so, you know, if you look at the comparison uh, of China's response to this virus compared to, say, SARS, the original SARS outbreak back in 2003, uh, you can see that uh, China actually uh, was much quicker uh, in their response, identification of the virus and communications, uh, and the measures they implemented, you know, to try to prevent the spread of the virus were... Um, quite uh, unique, uh, you know, never really been done on that kind of scale before. Um, and it has resulted in uh, a lot of improvements for China, right? They've, they've really shut down the number of new cases there mm-hmm. uh, and the spread of the virus within their own country. Uh, you know, and I'm sure your listeners probably know by now if they've seen the news earlier that the United States has now passed China in terms of the number of, of new cases. But, but the information, though, Doctor, China was telling the World Health Organization that this does not spread from human to human, and that was what, January 13th, 15th. I mean, when, when I say that, you know, as as you know, as a doctor, you know, 
you know, you're looking to to cure no matter where people are or to help cure. Uh, at some point, when do, when do countries have to drop their guard as as countries and say, hold it, this is going to be better for our neighbors? And it seemed like China was slow on the draw internationally having people come in. However, as a communist country, they can lock down on a moment's notice. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't speak to Chinese politics, <laughs> quite frankly. No, no, I'm, I'm just asking. Uh, I'm not aware of any, of any uh, delays in, in external communication, and I've not heard at any point anybody make claims about the virus not being spread person to person. How much? In- uh, but the- Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I, I think that's. <laughs> okay. Final final question. How how much intensive care how many intensive care beds do we have at Geisinger and in the nation, you know, at, at, what is the level that we're ready for with intensive care, you know, these fully staffed beds? How many of those do we oh, have? Oh gosh. That's I I don't know an exact number off the top of my head uh, to give you. Uh even with the Geisinger system, you know, because our capacity for uh making a particular bed into an ICU bed can vary depending on location and what resources we have available, right? So, um, but at the end of the day, you know, there there are only so many. Uh, that's true. And that is, of course, why uh, the concerns about the surge and the flattening of the curve are important concepts. All right. Anything you would like to tell us that we didn't ask a question that would lead to that answer? Sure. I just tell, you know, your listeners to, first off, you know, please don't panic, right? Because uh, panicking never makes anything better, and it's certainly not going to help you or your loved ones. You know, be conscious about these things that we talk about, like the social distancing uh, and trying to minimize physical contact and shared spaces as much as possible. And please, please, more than anything, be conscious about hand hygiene, Right using hand sanitizers, washing your hands, that in and of itself can go a long way towards preventing the spread of this virus. All right. Well, thank you so much. Please check in again. It's good to talk to you again. Dr. Stanley Martin, thank you for being on the news line today. Thank you. Take care. I do appreciate it. Dr. Stanley Martin Geisinger, Director of Infectious Diseases. Uh, we'll take a quickie break. We're getting pretty close to when Dan Muser will be on the line, so we will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1 800 
795-9565 is our telephone number. Where that's going to be occupied shortly with U.S. Congressman Dan Muser, but we could probably take a speedy call. We do have some text. One of our listeners says, good morning. Just wanted to say we won't need to pay taxes this coronavirus check. Good news. Yeah, you don't have to pay taxes on that money that they're sending you and that your great-grandchildren will pay for. Uh, another <laughs> listener says, NBC should change their name to NBBS. Nothing but bull wow. stuff. I think he has a little Road asterisk apples. there. No, NBC is in the medium. We just went through it during the break where the president supposedly said this isn't true, said it was this isn't true. And, and the, the media is, is compl- again, <laughs> it ha- they haven't changed their narrative. It's 90% for the, some of them. It's 90% negative news on on the president and the administration. However, when they want facts and they want figures, so watch what's being said at these. I mean, every day they're coming out. And, and then they try to say, well, this facial expression, that facial expression. You know, there's nothing this president's going to do that will appeal. However... Under another administration, somebody says, well, th- this this will happen under... No, no, because under Democratic administrations, <laughs> the press is complicit. And look at the difference of the coverage, negative to positive, between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. And those are both statistically unacceptable if you have a... Not so much a free press, a free and fair press. And again, Huntley and Brinkley, just report it. We can decide. You know what? There's groups that don't think people are smart enough to make decisions, and they got to tell you what the news is. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We're going to have Congressman Muser on the line very shortly, and uh, uh, Jim, you're going to be on for a minute, preceding the congressman most likely. But go right ahead. You do have the floor. Uh, are you talking to me, Mark? Yep, Jim. Yep, that would be you. Uh, Mark, I'm disappointed in uh, you and Ben that you didn't ask the doctor about the hydroxychloroquine. Like, when a patient is sort of more or less on their way out, why don't they just give the people the hydroxychloroquine? And that's one of the questions that I was hoping that you would ask him. And I listen to your station every day. All right. Well, we can't make everybody happy all the time. Well, thank you, Jim. Appreciate that. Next time, you can email us a, a good question when you think of one when um, the phones are tied up. Let's go to D.C. and get the answer. Oh, I have a thousand questions we didn't get to. I mean, the doc gives us 10 minutes. We should be happy. Of course, I pushed it to 15 since the docs make us wait. Yes. We, we make them late well, when we can. Well, somebody we're not going to make wait is Congressman Dan Muser. U.S. Uh, Congressman, 9th District from Dallas, Pennsylvania, checking back in. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Congressman. What's the status of this $2 trillion stimulus package in your view on this bill? Yeah, it's a little hard to believe. It's uh, it's a pretty uh, large number, to say the least. Well, we've gathered in, and we will be going on the floor shortly. I will be uh, speaking on the bill uh, very shortly as well. Uh, what we need is we need 218 members to be here today in order to have a quorum, uh, uh, in order to uh, pass the bill should it come to a recorded vote. There is a chance that it will go by voice vote. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, then it will pass today. If it goes to recorded vote and we don't have a quorum, it, it'll, it'll pass tomorrow. But as you saw by the uh, unanimous vote yesterday in the Senate, 
uh, it's uh, pretty definitive that this bill is going to pass. Uh, so, um, you know, I believe it's a um, look. What we have here is a crisis. is is not a crisis caused by any specific industry or a weak economy. Right? It's a lot different than economic crises of the past. This is a voluntary shutdown uh, in order to save lives. And as a result, our government, I believe, and and most do, that our government needs to support the families and businesses that are directly feeling the high impact of this national emergency. So, you know, I've deciphered this bill uh, many, many, many times. Uh, Much of it is in the form of loans. There truly is no bailout. Uh, unless you consider the forgivable SBA loans as bailouts, well, then uh, this is something new. Then you could call it a, a small business bailout. But those loans, in order to be forgiven, have significant conditions. And those conditions are that you retain uh, your, your employees. Uh, if you borrow, for instance, $100,000, you will get $100,000 reimbursed if you keep 100% of your employees that you had prior to the crisis. If you keep 60% of your employees, well, then you, uh, you'll get, you'll get uh, $60,000 forgiven. So that's one provision of the bill that I think is, um, is, is important. People are asking about the deficit, saying, you know, this is uh, $2 trillion right added on to the deficit. I don't know what it is. We've got to be getting close to $30 trillion uh, now. You're usually a little bit more fiscally conservative, but you're okay with this. Uh, I- explain that. Yeah, well, first off, hospitals are, are, are getting $125 billion. And, again, we've got a crisis that is uh, quite unprecedented. Our economy is shut down. People aren't working. Businesses have not stopped. We can't let them stop, but but have slowed down. So we we see what's happening in New York. We're prepared here in Pennsylvania. You know, uh, in Pennsylvania, we've had 16,000 tests done. This is important data. 16,000 tests done. We've had about 1,700 positive cases, and we've had 16 deaths. So we in Pennsylvania thus far... Uh, are doing very well, right, particularly in the Ninth District, particularly throughout the entire Commonwealth. We're, we're doing well, certainly compared to the New Yorks and everything else. So, But when you look at this money, you, you are looking at this $350 billion in recover, these recovery checks. Okay, we got $350 billion that could go to small business if they apply. We've got another $250 billion in unemployment. But everything else is in the form of loans. So, you know, I'm not going to argue, well, I am going to argue, I guess, between $1 trillion and $2 trillion, but it's really a $1 trillion in expenditures, and largely everything else is in the form of loans and liquidity of the purchasing of Treasury bonds by the Fed. So um, it's bad, but um, uh, it, it's comprehensive. And it's all short-term. That's something else that, frankly, I insisted upon. I, I stated, and many other uh, Republican members insisted that this thing have sunset. The unemployment insurance, for instance, that number I gave you is if all the people that are unemployed take advantage of it, and it only lasts until July 31st. Uh, all the other loan programs the, to the employers for the SBA loans, that only lasts as well through, uh, the, uh, through May. The um, 
the uh, stabilization fund only lasts throughout the, the end of this year. And then other things are, are based upon how long we stay within, and that's up to President Trump, how long we stay within a national emergency. You know, if you look at the beginning of this bill, I think you remember, Mark, you know, Nancy Pelosi came in with things like, you know, uh, monies for this, monies for that, um, the um, idea of extending extending uh, collective bargaining. Um, there were there were all kinds of, uh, of port giveaways that um, that we weren't going to vote for. We weren't we're not going to allow to occur uh, in order to get this through. And those things, ninety percent of them anyway, were pulled from the bill. Congressman, quick question. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but I remember and I think we're in the sort of same decade of age, but the government used to talk about millions, then it moved to billions, and now it's trillions, which makes me a little nervous. However, the question I would like is, what are they talking about on this grandstanding where the vote, talking about the vote, what, what, what is the story with, within that uh, story? The grandstanding? You there, Dan? Yeah, I'm here. The grandstanding, you mean as, as far as, um, well, having to know, go to a voice vote. largely came from Nancy Pelosi and advocating for Green New Deal uh, uh, provisions in this bill uh, and and the uh, the Democrat left uh, leadership as, as well as some of the rank and file. I mean, they saw this as a great opportunity. You know, don't let any, any crisis uh, go to waste sort of mentality. I mean, they wanted new emission standards. Uh, they wanted um, uh, they, they were demanding diversity on boards of any yeah. company that would receive um, that would receive any sort of aid. Uh, they wanted minimum wage requirements. So, so there was there was the grandstanding. Now we are dealing with we we understand we have one member who uh, happens to be a Republican from Kentucky uh, that states that. He's going to ask for a, a recorded vote as opposed to letting this thing pass by voice vote today. And, you know, that's his right. I, I don't see what he gets in, in return. I don't, I don't know what the, uh, uh, the, the, the benefit of doing that is at all because it will pass tomorrow. And the, the problem is that, you know, we, we have a number of older members. Uh, this thing has been very fluid. The idea of flying in. Is, is not very um, well re- well received by by many. I mean, I'm here, uh, but today we we hope we have a quorum of 218 members, and if we do, then this bill will pass today. Uh, if we don't, and a uh, recorded vote is asked for, well, then we'll pass it tomorrow. Hmm. But the problem is that puts off 24 hours. Hospitals getting all the things that they need. Uh, these uh, recovery checks are put off a, a day. Uh, the funding for the uh, small businesses put off a day uh, or two, so because then you got a Sunday in between. So you know, I, I don't. Right now, we we've got a serious national emergency that needs to be dealt with in a serious way. This is no laughing matter. A lot of money. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, fear. Uh, you know, there's nobody on the road. People are not going about their business. We need to we need to end this uh, this crisis as soon as possible. 
Kind of, without the grid instead. Yeah, your uh, your feedback. Uh, we just had a doctor on from Geisinger, very informative. Uh, I find not that I can watch a hundred percent of them, but uh, the press conferences daily by the president are very uh, very informative, and the uh, folks that are speaking on it, the experts that are speaking on it, uh, you know, critics aside, if if you want to see what's going on, uh, you know, you watch those, you hear feedback from certain governors. I mean, you know, Newsom in California is saying the federal government's doing everything and very positive. At times, Cuomo is very positive, but it seems like the uh, task force is uh, doing the best they can under circumstances that are very daunting. Well, they are. And and the president is doing an excellent job communicating this in a highly, uh, highly uh, transparent manner. You got people like Dr. Fauci who, you know, would, would, would tell the blunt truth. Um, Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA director, we're on the phone with him uh, almost once a day as well. He's giving us updates and forecasts of, of what, what's happening here. Uh, so, yeah, the communication is very important. But I'll also tell you what's um, important, too, and not in a good way. Some of these forecasts that get made, and it tends to be by, frankly, Democrats, that are overstating things, um, in, in my view, or painting that the worst possible scenario. I, I think people in many ways um, may not like Andrew Cuomo, and I'm on the side of that. I don't agree with his policies in general, but he's on the TV a lot as well. And when he says things like, we are the canary in the coal mine, your city is going to be ours in two to three weeks, I think that's outrageous. We in Pennsylvania, the people have responded Look at to this. The people in New York did not respond to it right, and in and, and, and all due respect. We we we're, we are confined. We are practicing the businesses that are open and the ones that should be open are practicing safe environment and distancing and social distancing and all the things and cleanliness. And that's why we as a people are going to minimize this thing. Uh, we've we've got um, our hospitals are ready. Uh, our hospitals are not overpopulated. We hope it stays that way. But if they don't, we're ready. Um, and um, our our economy is uh, is slowing. It's not stopping. And right now, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this because I did a couple of interviews this morning, but we've had 16,000 tests in Pennsylvania. We've had uh, 1,700 test positives. So 10% of those with symptoms or, or going to test are testing positive. And we've had 16 deaths, which is which is 16 too many. Uh, but let's face it, that's a far cry from uh, from New York. So we as a people need to continue this. We got to be diligent. We got to be smart. We got to uh, we, we got to stay safe. Uh, we got to keep a situational awareness. Uh, but we also need to keep our economy going to the best of our ability by uh, working from home. Uh, uh, essential businesses, so-called life sustaining, need to be kept going, and businesses need to continue. If you think that your business may go out of business and you perform a life-sustaining function, you should continue sending in um, appeals to the governor's office. And I have to say the governor's office has been responsive. I, I did not agree with the, uh, with the order that, that was put down in the manner that it was, uh, but they, they, they did it to, to make a point. They did it to save lives, uh, but it was uh, overly heavy-handed uh, in my view. But they are listening. Uh, they're being responsive, 
And so people, if they can sell the idea uh, or, or and practice the idea, of course, that they have a safe business um, uh, atmosphere and they perform in even tangentially a life-sustaining function, they should continue to present those appeals uh, and, and try to gain a waiver from, uh, from the governor's office because we need an economy to come back to. Because this thing is going to end. In the two drill, a trillion dollar aid package, the unemployment compensation basically uh, incentivizes staying off of work. I mean, an individual could end up, well, many many people will end up earning more on unemployment than they will be at work. How is that acceptable, that uh, the, the money you receive from the government is greater than the amount you'd earn if you were working? Well, that's why we set up the SBA loans based upon eight weeks. Of, of well, what, how it works is one month of payroll times two point five. So, in, so if you've got a fifty thousand dollar a month payroll, uh, you can apply for a, you can get a, a, a forgivable one hundred and twenty five thousand dollar loan. And what's important about that is is that it's forgivable based upon retaining your employment. So, if you do in fact retain your employment by one hundred percent, that entire loan will be forgiven. And my point is, is that people can't quit. Even though the unemployment is raised, they can't just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, I like this unemployment benefit better. I'll see you in three months. Uh, they can't do that. The, 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 um, the unemployment uh, extension and, uh, and advancement ends on July 31st. Those people are going to need a job. And if they, first of all, if they quit, they're no longer eligible. If they're asked to come back and they don't, they're no longer eligible. Um, and if they still try to pull a fast one, I certainly don't think when this recovery occurs that employer is going to call them back. So employers got to make sure their employees understand that provision. If they quit or are offered a job and don't come back, they are not entitled to uh, to that. Uh, um, to the new uh, increased unemployment benefit. Gotcha. Okay. One, one last question from me and then one from Ben, if you have time. And we know you could yes. get called to the floor at any moment, so we're aware of that. Uh, if Joe McGranahan uh, were here, he'd ask you about the funding for the Kennedy Center and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. What's your view on those add-ons? Well, they were ridiculous. Uh, absolutely shameful, uh, uh, you know, terrible. I mean, it's $25 million, I understand, for the Kennedy Center, and it's it just, it just, you know, baloney. And um, uh, what they had to do is they, they got, you know, the Democrats to back off of a lot of things. Like I said, I mean, uh, 90% of what they asked for, but somehow or another they managed to keep some pork in there. Uh, $25 million, I mean, the public broadcasting is another story, but... You know, it's not uh, it's not enough for me to uh, delay uh, the majority of, of you know everything. Unfortunately, is uh, you, you got to weigh uh, its positives versus negatives, and uh, I, I think the positives here uh, outweigh the negatives. Look, I'm not I'm not you know these recovery checks are look. I, I, there's people out there are, are hurting. We at no fault of their own, but 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 clearly. You know, I, I've got some uh, some concerns w- w- with that, particularly with the ad- advancement of the of the unemployment and the uh, and the incentive for businesses to retain their employees. But look, uh, three hundred and fifty billion dollars recovery checks. We have an unprecedented crisis. Uh, we need people to be able to sustain getting through this, and we need them to get back to work. 
and stay healthy until that occurs. And Congressman, it's, it's uh, you know, in, in times of, of like these uh, in the past, the United States has always stepped up, particularly Pennsylvanians, if you look at the uh, disasters that have happened uh, from floods to uh, to the pandemic, uh, you know, the Spanish flu, but to the world wars where, where Pennsylvania stands up. It's, it's the moxie of the people. Uh, the frustrating part, and you just talked about that, is, boy, you see some true colors of some of these politicians when times are down to put money elsewhere that isn't going to directly help the people, help the industries needed, help the first responders, it gets very frustrating, and I think that starts to define the swamp. You said it. You said it. And, uh, and, and the only way we're going to change it, and, and believe me, look, I was in private sector. You know this, Ben, for 25 years. I came into this job as skeptical as anyone. In fact, that's one, one of the reasons I, I wanted to, to be a member of Congress, uh, because I was so skeptical and I wanted to know the truth, and I truly wanted to work for, for the people. Um, but um, we need to be in leadership, I, I do believe. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise and Liz Cheney and many of our other uh, leaders are uh, on the Republican side. are going to work with this president and and be part of a great, great four years uh, should we win the House back and um, and for President Trump to, to, to win. And uh, Pennsylvania is the key. So people got to keep this in mind. If we... We want to. We want to streamline. We want to drain the swamp. We want to um, do these things. We, we want to grow our economy in, in the right way. We want to create more opportunities for entrepreneurs. Uh, we want. We want to grow the private sector and have independence, not dependence, on a large government. Uh, we we need to win in November. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Check in again. Thanks. We got an open mic here to keep us informed about the, all these goings on in Washington and uh, about the coronavirus itself. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dan. Travel safe. Thank you all very much. U.S. Congressman Dan Muser, 9th District uh, from Dallas, Pennsylvania, on the line. We should have a segment of open phones coming up. We have one combined long break starting right now. But first, got to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. Ben hasn't driven a Sunbury Motor Vehicle, some Motor Company vehicle in almost uh, 90 minutes. It's killing them. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Do what I've done, and that's go to sunburymotors.com and build your next Ford Ranger to your precise. Are you okay, buddy? Oh, you're a Raptor guy. <laughs> You're not building the range. No, I'm going to build Raptor. the biggie. We're Raptor. going for the biggie. All right. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections, nitrogen for tires. They'll pump you up, and they'll make you feel good because they know when you can observe social distancing. You can wait in the waiting room or go walk mm-hmm. among the, the uh, lot, and the salespeople won't bug you these days because they're off for the uh, they're working from home. But you can find them on the web at sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials. Build a Ford Hyundai Kia. We're linking to your precise specifications, sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We've got a ton of emails. We're way behind. I apologize for that. I promise you, as I stand here, we'll read them all first thing Monday morning. One of our listeners says, good morning. I would also like to hear a more positive report from the news, but they have not been doing a very good job. So I have to monitor how much I turn on that TV. I was also thinking about who will be Time Magazine's selection of the man of the year. It should be President Trump, but that won't work, so I think it'll be between the vice president or that doctor that's always by the President Trump's side. Who do you think it will be? It might be the ambassador. It might be Burks and Fauci. Dr. Fauci? Uh, I will say this. uh, You know, folks want to do something. They need to get out. They can go to a safe place. Think about giving blood. If you can call the hospital up at Evan or Geisinger. Yeah. Yeah, blood donor. Uh, go out and give blood. Uh, make it a family outing. Sit far enough apart from each other. But uh, uh, go and give blood because uh, it is needed and it will be helpful. Uh, yes, we talk about going out to the restaurants and getting takeout or calling for uh, delivery. But one thing you can do that will be immensely helpful if you can find a way to give blood. All right. Well, we thank everybody for participating in our show. Very much appreciated. I guess we'll look at the emails while we have a moment here. It says, very obvious that no matter what, the last caller is totally negative regarding anything Democratic. So what do you do with the facilities like the Kennedy Center that promote only good and the arts? Let it go belly up. With all the other waste in government spending, supporting the Kennedy Center is surely more positive than negative. You know what it's called? And this this email has another one that's outrageous, too. But you know what this is called? It's called fundraising. Go raise money for yourself. These money should be going to hospitals, to Well, who owns the Kennedy Center? Isn't it owned by us? It's a private institute. It's a 501c3, I believe. And, again, the president said, okay, it was 35. We got it to 25. Why do the Kennedy Center need money now? Probably because okay. they lost a how, lot how of about, money. How about giving them $5 million loan or a grant, which will become... But, it, 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 again, we see it. And, uh, well, Nancy, Pelosi says, about it. Nancy Pelosi said they laid off their... Are you ready for this? They laid off their 800 workers. Well, Can that, you imagine 800 employees? Yeah, That's they, crazy. then get in line. Get in line like the other industries are doing and, and get money. All right, we thank everybody for checking in. We got a note from Mike Bowling, the Sealands Grove tax collector. His office is closed, so use the drop-off or the U.S. mail. Thank you so much, Ben. We'll see you in a week. Next week is Financial Friday on this date, so we're going to be talking about the jobless numbers. That'll be interesting. They'll probably be a little bit higher. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WDKOK Sunbury WDKOK News Time. It is now 10 a.m. Time for the Dan Patrick Show on WDKOK Sunbury, PA.